0: Well, welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I'm Len Harvey. This week's a real treat as we're going to go back in time with the help of Doc Brown and 1.21 gigawatts at a time for me <laughs> in the world when it was a lot simpler. And we certainly could use that about now. We played outside all day and yes, we loved it. And we're going to take you back to about March of 1979. I was almost 11 years old when I moved to a neighborhood in North Bergen, New Jersey which would definitely shape me for the man I am today and build lifelong friends at the same time. One of my friends is on the podcast today. Mario mentioned to me that he was thinking that those were the days, the final days of traditional America, which uh, everybody would go home for dinner at a certain time. We had blue-collar workers. We remember him fondly. Still around today, Mr. Bart would be walking home from the bus stop with a big metal lunchbox and the thermos. And he'd always comment on our game. Uh, some of us were good, some of us were not, but he always commented on the game and says, you know, my mother-in-law would have caught that. So just a different <laughs> time, and, and for us, a better time, uh, especially. So today, we can relive all those memories, Not, but not just one guest would have done it today. We have to have everyone on this call. So we've got George Solentano, George Coronado, Maria Miglietta, and... Yes, kicking and screaming, we did this through Zoom. Um, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how we really didn't need to see each other on video, but today I will amend that rule because it it is a good thing. So welcome everybody. Welcome, Salantanos on the big screen. How are you today?
1: Good, Lenny, how are you?
0: Good, and and we got George Coronado there, all the way from Miami. Howdy Um, y'all,
1: how's everybody doing today?
0: That's wonderful. And we've got Mario, how are you sir?
2: Hello, gentlemen. Great to see everybody again. Always a treat. Oh, absolutely. And this is going to be a treat.
0: You know, kind of lens burning bush is really just what's irritating me with society today and things that bother me. There's a lot of things that, that certainly do bother me. And, and I look back at the time that I spent with you guys. So I was around from 1978 to about 82 before I moved. So I was like the David Caruso on NYPD Blue. I left and everybody, you know, kind yeah. of, um, but what was great about it is later on I came back and, you know, and then uh, we went through it. But, uh, you know, certainly um, we had a lot of fun. Parenting was so much different back then. Um, you know, we did what we wanted to do. Um, you know, we played outside. And, and, and and Sally, talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, we actually played until you had to go to Comos to get the bread for dinner. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it's funny. Back in the day, like you said, it really was traditional America, traditional families. Um, you know, I remember couldn't wait to get up first thing in the morning. I was probably up 7.30, you know, just dying to itch to get out there and play football or stickball, and, and we would play all through the day. Once we all got together, we were out playing all through the day until – that, you know, that five o'clock time came. And at that point I had to be home. It was very structured. My father came home every day at five after three after work. And it was all about being with family from that, you know, five o'clock to six 30 time period. And, um, you know, it's not that way anymore. A lot of people today, families don't do, families don't have that regimen. There's no time for family anymore. People are working late other people. It's just not that tradition. I can't explain it, Len. It's just not the same. Even I try to emulate, and we do what my daughter and my family here, where they wait for me to get home from work and we eat a family dinner. But it's it's just not that way like it was with us anymore.
0: Agreed. And and what I'm, I'm thinking is, you know, one of the things I loved is we we would go from the morning until the evening until you had to have dinner, and we'd play all sports, It wasn't structured we didn't have uh rules and referees and everything about parenting now is so structured so you know coronado you know talk a little bit about the games we played because we had so much fun in those games
3: yeah len it was uh what i would call our wonder years it was our formidable years Uh, we learned everything that we probably learned in our life about competition and following rules and if you remember back, guys, if there was a dispute, we had to solve it. There wasn't parents there to argue, whatever. We had to solve it amongst ourselves and come up with a resolution. Sometimes it wasn't always fair. There was always somebody that wasn't happy. But we had to figure out a way, formulate a solution, and move forward. And we did that. And what I also loved is that we played all sports. I was always a football guy, but uh, we played soccer and we played hockey and tennis. And I'm not good at uh, many of those, but we all did our very best. And we learned uh, we learned about each and learned about rules and regs and and competition. And I thought it was a very, very, uh, very healthy time uh, in my life. And as I look around, even at my own sons, they don't uh, they don't multitask in sports anymore. Everybody has a you know everybody has a specialty so to speak and I think you'll kind of lose something all the way with that it was good for all of us to have that those experiences
0: exactly and Mario uh you know we talk about those hockey games in your in your uh, kind of backyard we played a little hockey didn't we it's
2: amazing yeah how much we would improvise everything from setting up crates that would form the walls of the hockey rink you know that the improvised hockey rink we would um, you know stack up three or four crates and that would create the uh, uh the, the walls of the rink and then even in the tent we would go to the tennis courts and when it was off season the tennis court became oh. our, our, our hockey rink and um and even just the, the way we imp- would improvise our baseball fields would be basically a patch of grass and a second a base would be this big oak tree and first base be, and the whole plate was a rock that happened to be sticking out of the ground we would just um, come up with these uh and just improvise so we took a lot of initiative, and also. I mean, you guys brought it up earlier. Think of how much trust that that our parents had on, on us. We would just get. There was no such thing as a play date. I've no. never heard of. It. <laughs> we would just go out, and we're, and then people would just show up, and you know, and, and um, there was no, there's no cell phone texting. Just somehow show up on the street, and and uh, and then the game would get going. Maybe go ring somebody's bell if we were one guy short, and um, and everybody, you know, that we lived in a neighborhood where there was there were dentists. Doctors, electricians, cops, um, uh, uh, teachers from every every form, of every uh, profession, and every uh, walk of life. And you know, so we never thought about who did what. We were just everybody was our own friend. You know, but we were friends despite the the, the, uh, the, um, the differences in our so the so what today would be these different social structures. And even. The people we played in, even like number one, there were like uh, yeah. uh, uh, 12 people living in his house and they were very poor. We never said, oh, dude, we're not going to hang out with him because he's poor. There was never any barrier there. And, so and true. Then, and you look at the other end of it. Just think about even Mr. Uh, there's uh, James Braddock, the heavyweight fighter and uh, that had that um, Cinderella story. And the movie's called Cinderella Man. And he bought a house smack right in the middle of where we used to play. That was his dream house. And that the, even the history behind it, and then they name a park after him, James J. Braddock. When we were growing up, we didn't appreciate that. When he was sitting out on his balcony in his wheelchair watching us play, we didn't know who he was. But that just goes to show uh, it reflects a lot of the type of uh, the neighborhood we grew up in, and how how precious that those memories are.
1: Yeah, and, you and know, I, Lenny. Good, good, Sully. I just want to say one thing. You know, it's funny when you talk about improvisation. What we did as kids, and and like you said, Mario talked about the hockey. But think about, I mean. It didn't matter the sport, right? It was about the competition. And it was it didn't matter that we had the perfect field to play on. And we played on the street. You mm. know what I'm saying? We played we played Little Whiffle in Coronado's basement. That was all of about the size of about <laughs> nine feet long. <laughs> you awesome. know, I mean. Mike Johnson. It was, sorry. It was, Matt, yeah, Cat. I mean, Matt, Matt Cat. Matt <laughs> Cat. You know, I mean, it's crazy. It's just crazy how today. <laughs> Damn it. Today, you, people can't, you couldn't even think of that today. You couldn't even, you couldn't dream kids doing that today. No, and you
0: know what's interesting is uh, it was about, about 10 years ago, maybe I was at a bar. Uh, at, I was traveling for work. I was in Maryland. And usually when you're at a bar at a hotel, you just kind of talk to somebody. I don't have trouble doing that normally, as you guys would know. Um, but so we started talking about baseball, and I was coaching baseball at the time. I coached for about nine years, my son's team. And it was always, yeah, it was always very frustrating. You know, parents would always, you know, there was issues, right? And one of the things he talked about, uh, because I said, there's just too many games these days. They, you know, they're playing a hundred games, they're doing this. And, And the guy said, no, Len, it's not about the amount of games. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's the amount of structured games. He goes, he asked me, he goes, how many games did you play as a kid? I said, about 14 or 15 we played on a season. And he goes, no, no, no. How many real games did you play? I said, probably over 100. He said, that's the difference. He says, it's it's like a job. I always equate this to bowling for me. I've been bowling for about 40 years, and I bowl on Thursday nights. I drink beer. I have a good time with my friends, and there are Thursday nights that I don't want to go. So picture the kid in the back that might have a pool party where Nancy might be there, right, when he's about 13 years old, and he doesn't want to go to that tournament uh, over the weekend, right? He goes – Now, it's like anything else. You go to a party that you didn't want to go to, you have a good time, right? When you get there, you have a terrific time. But it's the schlepping back and forth to the events. And I think parents are just, you know, going full tilt on all this stuff. And and coaching for the nine years, the biggest problem wasn't the kids. It was the parents. And I think they just expect way too much. They try to relive their, you know, their future and, and Coronado, I mean, you, your kids are great. They, they've played high school sports and um, Francis is uh, going to college to play football too. Um, talk a little bit about that. Cause I see the, the, the just, it's just horrible. Some of the, the youth sports today.
3: Yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great topic. When it's uh it's, it's been a hard balance to keep, to be honest with you, because I've, you know, these guys know I push pretty hard and uh, I always have, I always try to remember uh, the balance between pushing enough, not, not pushing uh, and not pushing too much. Um, and I think every kid's different. And every kid, ha- I, I say it this way, it doesn't sound very masculine, but every child is a flower of a different sort. They all bloom at different times, at different things. They have different talents. And those talents may not be what correspond with talents that you have. My younger son, Noah, is much better at running and long-distance running. That wasn't a strength of mine, and I don't have as much familiarity with that. And, you know, I still wanted to try to coach him up as much as I could, as much as I did with Francis playing quarterback. And as these guys will tell you, I never played quarterback in my life. It wasn't something I knew. or So, um, you know, that whole idea of being there for them but not – being there too much either letting them having their own experiences building their own confidence and their own you know uh, strengths Um, and I think that that's that's a struggle and we see it a a lot in today's society sports are great mm -hmm. but it should be something that's done for the betterment of the child in the long run
0: and I talked uh, last week I actually uh, about two weeks ago I talked about my daughter and (laughs) the 11th place ribbon she won for a cross uh, country thing and there was only 11 girls and i laugh about it because we, we put the actual ribbon on the refrigerator because uh, my wife and i are evil and just, we just we 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 put that on there because we laughed like oh my goodness an 11th place ribbon but that's what society is today with these you know these parents i i talked about the signs you know fifth grade they've got a my wonderful fifth grader your kid's not that wonderful let's be honest here I mean, he graduated fifth grade. Let's not – he didn't reinvent the wheel here, right? So – but that's what we deal with. We deal with the constant uh, awards and everything. I mean, youth baseball. So we're in the middle of a pandemic, and apparently um, before pro baseball gets on, we're going to have youth baseball in Ohio. It began last night. I don't know how they're doing it, but youth baseball is going to get – you know, gets more than than the pro stuff. It's amazing how – um, there's so much money in it too, right? Everything's about but, the money.
3: Ooh, you, you know, yeah. Absolutely.
1: You know, Len, you 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 hit a, a hot nerve with me with the 11th place um, ribbon. You know, back when we were younger, it was all about the competitive spirit, giving it your all. And no matter where the chips landed, you felt good if you gave it your all. Of course you wanted to win. We were all competitive and wanted to win. But today, it's not about how hard you try. It's that everybody has to, somehow be rewarded for whatever amount of effort, whether it be a lot of effort or a little effort. And to me, it's kind of like, it really has like blurred the lines of, of what, what sports and and what it's all about to, to want to be competitive in life. I don't see that anymore.
3: That's a great point, Sal. It's almost reversed the way it was when we were younger, most everybody had to lose. And you lost frequently and often. You didn't get that position. You didn't get the starting position. You didn't make the team. You didn't whatever. Now it's like almost everybody gets the, to, to win. And it's done in an artificial way that may not be beneficial when they get older in the sense of the real competitiveness of life. Uh, I think that's changed a lot. I think that's part of what developed each of us. Uh, our character was that we lost a lot. We lost we didn't always win. We weren't always champions. We weren't always, we didn't all get awards. We didn't all, you know, play everything. Uh, there was sports. I alluded to it earlier that we just weren't good at some, some of us were better than others. And that, you know, in certain things, think- uh, you know, there were certain sports. Sally, Sally was better. Sorry. I lost you guys. Sally was better at basketball than I was always. And even though, yeah, he maybe not didn't move around and all that as well and whatever, he was clearly a better basketball player. Mario excelled at baseball. Uh, I was decent at baseball. You were good at baseball too, Len, but football yeah. was my sport. And in every experience that we had, even in the sports that we were good at, we had to you compete. Little League, Mario, at Lions Club. You had to compete. It wasn't you weren't given a spot, and you know, and 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 that's your spot for the whole season. Somebody did better than you. They yanked their ass and put somebody else in there. And it, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's a little bit different now. Everybody gets to win. Everybody gets an award. Everybody gets a ribbon. Um, I, I know it's good for kids to feel that, but it's better
1: for them to earn it.
3: And, but, uh, I mean, Sally, look, look at George, your daughter for example but you know
1: I just want to, ahead, to, that point, to that point you just said you know everybody everybody needs to win today that wasn't the mo back in the day again it wasn't about winning and losing and i don't think we've i don't i think any of us when we talk we're we're all seem to be more traditional in how you know and we, we're trying to bring up our kids the way we were brought up and i just don't i just don't think it's about winning and losing i think and that's the problem today it's, it's it's all about winning and losing and not about the effort that it takes to win and lose. When you lose, you build character. We lost a lot more times than we won. Yeah,
0: but we remember yeah. the wins, of course. But no, I agree with yeah. you. Um, and, you know, one of the things I remember when I coached, I would tell them, you know, it was a beautiful Saturday. Opening day was always a fun day, right? Beautiful Saturday. You're playing baseball. You bring I brought all the kids to the mound. And they were younger, but I brought them all to the mound. They might have been 11 or 12 years old. And I said, you know enjoy this because when you get older, you got enough time to be miserable, you know? Um, (laughs) You really do. Um, And and just enjoy this time because I would give right now anything to be playing with you guys today. And I don't think they get it. They'll get it maybe 10 years from now, but I don't think they understood it as much as we did. And, again, I think it was just because we didn't have it so much structure. We had a lot of fun trying to win or trying to lose – Um, you're right. I mean, it was fun. I, I look at um, this and, and I'll bring up the movie Sandlot, right? Because I felt like, you know, I could be the smallest character, you know, Coronado was Benny, the jet, you know, we, we've got the, the babe over here at the Celentano and, and Mario, you know, you can pick a couple, but, but I look at that movie and you look, you know, people move away, but you remember the great times of all those games. And we had that, we had the stickball games in um in the parking lot i mean we played in this parking lot you know but it was the most fun in the world or we went ahead and then we played baseball i wasn't a catcher but i put on the catcher's equipment and we just went ahead and did whatever you know it didn't matter uh we played wiffle ball and it didn't matter that we had a game the next day in little league we still threw the wiffle ball around i mean who cares right you know it didn't hurt our arm i never i never had an arm problem Uh, i threw a hundred pitches in games it didn't matter I don't know. Right. I, I find it interesting, but
2: there's, uh, there's a lot now. I think that uh, these days a lot of people are just very sensitive. They shelter their they, they shelter their children, and uh, and also no have no accountability, and they're just scared of this and that. You know, there could be a lightning strike seven miles away, and the game's called. Meanwhile, we'd be out there playing in <laughs> <and> the <laughs> lightning strike.
0: We, we we would have the aluminum bat with the lightning strike.
2: Yeah, we'd be playing in between the bolts. <laughs> and, and and our parents would let you know we would be out there like the, from from uh, uh, dawn till dusk. And and um, you know our, and we we if we did that with our children right now, not knowing where we we'd be uh, we could be in jail. Yeah, how yeah. Our gave us a, the free, free reign. Uh, and, let and me just throw, throw in, in another me. thing, Len. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, man. No, go ahead.
3: Uh, I was just going to say, say about.
2: The, the go ahead. Surgery. No, no, no. You go. You were going. Okay. Right, yes, gone. So I was going to say one of the big things is that that you were talking about a short while ago was about um, appreciating. I think that's the big difference. I think we did appreciate. We knew that what was going on at the time. We were always so grateful. And even just think about. The days when it you did. couldn't be here. if you looked out your window and everybody else is playing—the feeling I'm like oh, I'd do anything to get out there. Or if you had to go someplace, a family event, you drove by and everybody else was playing football. <laughs> You're just <laughs> staring out the window for the whole trip, <laughs> thinking about what those guys, what the guys are doing. And uh, uh, but we were always a appreciative, and it, it, it came in first. You know, the friendship mattered most. Yes, and people, that, that does not exist as much as it did. I don't think so. And then also, there's um, the second thing I want to say was, that's been important, is look look how um, how everybody's stayed humble over the years. And that, that also was the cement that, that um, kept the friendships together. Is, and that doesn't, that rarely happens. Think about the people that have come and gone. It's probably because they had bad attitudes or brought bad things into the picture. There's a purity that we had, but also there was a humility that we had. And that is the difference.
0: Well, said. Could, Couldn't well have said, said that any better, Mario. That was awesome. Go ahead, Coronado. Wait.
3: I was going yeah. to add before we were talking about conflict resolution or whatever. And it's a story I love, and I've talked about it a lot with, uh, with Sally. Um, there was a time we were all outside hanging out, um, and we were, you know, we were busting chops, and, you know, as we often did, we, we would, you know, pick on each other and say little things and so forth. And we were at this particular evening, it was Santana was the brunt of the storm. And we were saying shit and, you know, go, you know, carrying on as kids can sometimes do, sometimes even in a cruel way. And I, we, we almost basically said, yeah, just go home and whatever. So he went, you know, downtrodden. He, he went home, whatever. He walked into his house and his father made a march out back outside and said go you know go fix it don't you know don't come but don't don't come you know in in here feeling sorry for yourself we'll make a long story short he came back out and you know we resolved it and it was an act of courage but i also i always respected how his father handled that he didn't come out yelling at us you're picking on my kid what are you doing he made him go out and have the courage and that inner strength to go and face, you know, the the mob. You know? <laughs> and, and, and it's that sort of conflict resolution that I think builds a lot of character. And if you look at him today, um, I think that that's definitely reflected, reflects uh, his father's influence in that way. May, may God rest his soul.
0: Yeah, that's so I didn't
3: mean to get sentimental. No. But, hey, know, this, is is,
0: this is an open forum here. This is back in my day, and what better to talk about it? One thing that I'll bring up that I love to this day, right? I mean, again, I wasn't always part of the picture. I There was a four-year span, and then later on. But what was interesting, we didn't talk for probably 15 or 16 years. Um, and I don't know what happened. It wasn't that we didn't like each other. It was just we went our different ways, right? Um, but – what was interesting is in 1999, we, we kind of all got back together a little bit, and it was all because uh, Sally saw my dad, and he gave him, the, you know, he said, hey, Lavelyn, call me, and I called, and he put you, he put Coronado on the phone, he put you on the phone, and we got together and, and one of the touches, and again, I don't want to get sentimental here. I don't want to make anybody cry. But what I love the most was that you hadn't seen me in 17 years, but the biggest thing you you couldn't have been happier to say, I would love for you to come to my wedding. And yeah, wow. right. And when, when we did, you know, what was interesting is we came and I brought my, my wife, right? And my wife immediately saw the connection that we have together. We don't have to see each other that often. You know, We it's 16 or 17 years, but it felt like no time had passed at all. And you can't put a price tag. that That is, you know, everything else, there's MasterCard, right? Um, but, you know, that <laughs> this kind of stuff. And then we got together again, Mario, if you remember, I think it was uh, the anniversary of your accident in, in 2005. We got together. And, and Coronado and I always laugh about that because we, we could have went and had steaks uh, up in uh, the country, but no, we had to go to uh, Fleming's and spend four hundred dollars on a, on a meal. Uh, but yeah, but we. I know act- where you stood on yeah. that
3: one, Zell. So. Yeah,
0: we <laughs> we were all kind of cheap. I mean, let's be honest. But I just find it interesting that it doesn't matter what we do, though. We get together, and it's like time has never passed. What do you think about that, Mario?
2: It's true, and I think that's um, reflects on what I was saying earlier. Is that uh, the, the bond that was formed back with, uh, you know, the, 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 the seeds were the, the, our parents, I think, that uh, the way we were raised, where we were raised, the time we were raised, were lucky. And I think that's why we're able to, to continue friendships that there uh, compl- unchanged uh, on every level, from even just the maturity level sometimes, the things we joke around about, um, to all the serious topics. There's, you know, there, the, that's it's been unshakable. And it's also been just interesting that, uh, um, and, and sometimes really funny too, that the things that uh, we talk about things from 40 years ago um, with the same disposition that we did back then. There's, you know, we haven't grown up. <laughs>
1: and I don't want <laughs> to. <great> way.
2: Way. <laughs> I don't want you to. You know
1: what? And you know, it's funny, you know, when you look back and, and, and Lenny and I were talking before you guys popped on, and it was, you know, it, it I don't have. I've made a lot of good friends in my in my lifetime between work, and you know, just meeting other people through you know college and 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 I'm close with all of them. You know, I'm friends with all of them, but it's not the bond that we have. Like when I meet up with some people that I haven't seen in ten years, it's not as as normal. It's a. It's not awkward, but it's not as normal. It's not like we picked up from where we picked up yesterday that this group has, and I think that. I think it's a special bond that we, it, it was, Lenny said earlier, it's about the formative years. you know, he was there between 10 and 14. And, and that really is a lot of where you build your character because, you know, you're all the social interactions and the sports that we played and, and the schools that we went to. And that's the other, I think, really crazy thing. Every one of us went to a different school. Yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, incredible. It's
0: incredible. That's right. That's true. I I didn't even, I, I, you know, it's funny. I I know that that is, that is a fact, but it, it, it didn't matter. That's Mm -hmm. you're right. It was, it's just amazing how, uh, you know, this, this, this friendship and, you know, we talk about the movie Sandlot and how much they played baseball and people moved away. And that movie is, you know, resonates with me all the time because I see that and I'm like, man, I want to go back to that. I mean, how do we, how do we do that? I, one of the things that's kind of nice, we try to live some things through our children and I mean, we all liked the Honeymooners as growing up, right? I mean, that was, Absolutely. That, and it was on, I mean, on, on, on WPIX in New York, and they would show it at 11, uh, 11 o'clock, or 11, actually Odd Couple was 11, or Honeymooners was 11.30, yeah. I can't remember the exact time. But what was interesting is we loved the show. I mean, I actually, this is how weird I was. I actually used to take a cassette recorder back in the day and record the audio only because there was no video recorders back in my wow. day, right? <laughs> we didn't have any, any of those funny things. But um, but anyway, one of the nice things is, and George and Coronado and I talked about this probably 15 years ago or so, maybe a little bit less. But I remember putting an episode on for my son. He was about seven or eight. And he's now going to be 20 years old. I can't believe that, but... He, he watched an episode, um, and, and we put on – I had the DVDs. I don't know if you guys have the 39 original DVDs of, yes, of The Honeymooners. Yes. But, so I put it on for him, and we happened to watch the golf episode, which – Hello, ball, right? The, the funny <laughs> – I had never heard him belly laugh like that since he was maybe a little baby um, with the Cool Whip commercial. But the, uh, but other than that, you talk about a show that was 50 years old. It's, it's – what it's uh, – 60 years old plus now but it still resonates today because it was so good but you know and 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 you know it was a black and white tv show right and for somebody in this era to actually like it um it just shows how good it was but that's the kind of bond you try to bring down to your children hey we love the honeymooners you know watch this baseball enjoy it you try to give as many speeches but it's very hard it's like the old saying you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink it, and and I think that's what we run into as a parent today.
2: I think also that it, all that silliness from back then is is so so precious. I mean, like I said, we still joke about the same things today. Um, and then the, the the second point is about kids today. You know, maybe they'll see each other. They'll be uh, these so called play dates, etc. For um, you know, once um, uh, every couple of weeks, it's um, an appointment. You know, we were you talk you spoke about the four years. Um, in North Bergen had North Bergen. But those four years were packed With pretty much a daily dose of uh, friendship Not uh, um, It wasn't like you saw us Every couple of weeks or a <laughs> month It was every day every, you saw, When you saw your family Your parents during those four years
0: I, I, And that was
2: I, a bit yeah. difference now man.
0: Yeah I, I would say that that's 100% correct Because we went everywhere together We did stuff together And of course we You know Sully I'm not picking on you in this one But we all love to eat and yes. one of the one of the great things about uh, everybody's family is I was the skinny kid and every mother, including, and you know, the interesting story. I, I tell this story all the time uh, about your mom, uh, Sully, and I, I talk about everybody's mom and dad. I would always call, you know, your your mom, Mrs. Santano and your father was Mr. Solentano. It was never by their first names. It was never Mr. Such and such. It was always that. And to this day, your mom and I are friends on Facebook, Sally, and I can't call her Gloria, just so you know. I, I, I have to call her Mrs. Celentano, and I and I do that. But it was the respect, you know, that we had, but they always wanted to feed me. And that's how, you know, growing up with all <laughs> Not Italians. Not just you, lad. Yeah, I know, I know. Not just it, you. It, it, and my mom returned the favor also, but it, it was – Oh, yeah. We had a lot oh, yeah. of fun. Um we had a lot of fun. Uh, our landlord, uh, will tell the story a little bit, uh, when I was living in there, Sally got into a little bit of a trouble. I tried to sneak him in, and uh, next thing you know, uh, Mr. What was it, Lito? Lito
2: <laughs> Genta. Yeah,
0: Lito Genta. Yeah, it was not a, a good situation there, but uh, but that's the type of stuff we did. We we got into trouble, but we didn't get into trouble, if you know what I mean. We we weren't malicious at anything. Uh, we just wanted to have a good time, and I, I think people missed that. We Need to have more good times,
1: absolutely. Let me
3: also yeah. I mean, add to that, Len. That all of our parents, and we all were from different backgrounds. Mario alluded to the, 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 all different uh social, economics, and circumstances, and all that. But all of our parents were ex- were extension of our own parents. Uh, if you were out of line, if you know, there wouldn't be any doubt, Mr. Santana would you know make it make a comment or two. I remember, again, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up Mr. Saltano again, but I, I always have great memories. I remember he, he would pick us up to go to football practice, and I was, at the time, you know, habitually late. Uh, I, I would, I would agree time. to that, George. I would agree. It. Probably more than once. He let me have it. He said, you know, Coronado, you got to learn fast that, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You better learn how to be on time in life. And he let me have it good, and it was it was warranted. Uh, and the same thing with Mario's parents or your parents, Len or our, all of our parents were ex- were extensions of each other's parents, and we all uh, were looked out after. We all had many parents, in other words, in right. the neighborhood. And it was a special thing nowadays. You can't even say, you, God forbid, you correct another kid. Uh, that's not yours. <laughs> uh, you know, shit. People barely correct their own children. Oh, you, you should have.
0: Anybody else's? You should have seen the look I got last night. We're walking through the neighborhood, and these girls are riding their bikes. Okay, there's there's about four of them, and they were probably between nine and twelve years old. And they went through the stop sign on multiple occasions. And we just had an argument uh, in the neighborhood about our four way putting a four way <laughs> stop sign, and. Susan and I are like, no, we don't need a four-way stop sign. We just need people to stop at the stop sign. Does that make sense? <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so I went up to these girls and I said, you know, just so you know, you went through like three or four stop signs. You may want to stop next time. And the look I got was like, I, I was waiting for the police to come. Because, I mean, I was I was waiting to get handcuffed. Uh, but you can't say a word to anybody nowadays. Um, There's no future. So, yeah, you're the, you're the wrong
2: one if you, if you do uh, intervene and – try to do the right thing you're the wrong one oh i know so the, you, yeah. you can't do there, anything
1: no there's no respect of authority anymore i mean you you see it every day that's part of the moral decay and i don't want to get you know political but i just it's just it, when you don't respect authority what keeps you what keeps you guided there's no more real hard religious you know beliefs and people you see people a lot more atheists and or agnostics out there um, you see people disrespecting teachers in third grade, second grade, and the parents. And then what you hear, and you know, I know a few people that have younger kids in the system, and will say, "Oh, this teacher, that, and the and the principal, this, and the principal that." And it's like you know, maybe you should look in the mirror with your kid and see you know right. what, what 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 you're doing to cause the teacher to, to react the way they are.
0: Yeah, oh, they man. they all want to be their friends. And I had a conversation with a teacher when uh, Stephen was younger. Uh, maybe in the seventh, sixth grade, I think, and we uh, we went and met with the teacher, and you know she started saying something. I said, "Here's the deal: you don't have to sugarcoat anything with me. Bottom line is, I know he's wrong. We'll just move from that. He's wrong, and you're right. I'm going to stand behind the teacher until you give me reason not to. Right. And and I think that's another problem. It's like they always blame. Everybody blames somebody else. For their own misfortunes, it's like you gotta sometimes you like you said. So I look in the mirror and see. Not every kid is is that special all the time. There there's gonna be right. issues. Even even my kids who everybody says oh they're they're wonderful children when they're out and you know everybody compliments me and and then then you get them in the house. I can't get them out to cut the damn grass. Um, or I can't <laughs> get them to, to wash a dish or to to come out like now they're they're homes. I can't get them to come down before noon you know, um, which we all did too. So I can't, I can't. Yeah. What you know. one, one, difference,
2: it, one difference today is that there's um, there, no more privacy. So even in, in your neighbor, if you say something, you know, everybody will know about it. Or if you um, it's, say, is there anything controversial or there's any, any, any kind of um, negativity or, or something, whatever about you, your kids, you can't, you pass, you know, if it got bad enough, you just move away. People forget about you. Now it's, it's out there everywhere. There's no, there's no uh, privacy. There's um, no discretion. And people, even if you try to do the right thing, like you said about the stop sign, somebody can go on social media and say, you know what, Lenny Elgowski did this when yeah. he was 25 years. You know, you were trying to help protect yeah. these people, but because they're offended, they may try to get revenge on you online because you offended them and stepped in. Yeah, and and they they're real tough. Yeah, you know, it didn't exist in the in the past where you where that would happen just because of the um uh, things like social media and uh the'm can I say it wisfurification <laughs> yeah. <Dude>, why not <laughs> that's a nice name. word
0: right <laughs> that was a nice word you were you were definitely very nice but I agree with you social media has ruined it we have a neighborhood page I don't know if you guys have that on your we do. like the a bunch of yentas okay uh you know everybody's everybody shames everybody else. And they don't want to know the real reason behind anything, right? Like somebody right, didn't right. cut their grass. Their grass is pretty high. Instead of going up to them and saying, hey, can I help you? Um, uh-huh. You know, your grass, uh, I'll cut your grass for you. No no problem. Everybody just on social media, well, you know, uh, such and such hasn't cut your grass. Have you seen that that yard? That looks terrible. You know what? Mind that's, your own business. That's what I always that's say. That's
1: because people, <laughs>
2: they must be like- doing drugs. Yeah. So they- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because people only feel good when they're putting someone else down. I mean, I you know something you said, Lenny, you know about the the whole parenting thing. And George mentioned it too a couple of uh, a couple of times. I remember growing up, you know, my father always said, "I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your father." You know, and I think today it's and, and I and I, I tell you a quick. I'll, I'll make it a quick short story. Oh, uh, you got
0: all the time in the world, George. Don't worry about. it.
1: My daughter, you know, I kind of I kind of emulate a lot of the, what my father um, brought to the table in the sense of parenting. And I didn't realize it until many years later what everything he was trying to accomplish, and he did, frankly, accomplish it. And so my daughter, I guess she was about 14, 15 years old, um, you know, she was just getting into the whole boy thing. And they used to go to this field that used to be lit up till, till 10 o'clock at night. And then at 10 o'clock they would have to leave. The, I always told my daughter, once the lights are out, you got to be home. So one night she called well, a couple of times, she would call and say, can we just go to Dunkin' Donuts, which was literally across the street diagonal and get some, some coffee and whatever. And then, and then you can come pick me up. And we would let her do that. And I trusted her. And again, she's 14, 15. Well, one day she texts me and says, the lights just went out and my friends don't want to leave because the guys are here. But they said to me just to lie and say we're in Dunkin' Donuts because it's literally, you know, 100 feet away. And she said, you know, come get me. And so we went and picked her up. And, you know, I said, Maria, you know, we got to go home. I need you to do something for me. I didn't want to embarrass in front of her friends. And, and that said, like, leaps and bounds about, you know, that it really landed with her. That, you know, ultimately she said to her friends, she goes, well, why didn't you just lie? And she said, Do you think I'm gonna lose the chance? I just built this trust over my lifetime with my father and my mother. I'm not ruining that 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 trust. And that, like, just like like I can't tell you how powerful that was for me to say that my 15-year-old made the right decision. And I and I attribute it back to the way I was brought up. And that's what I was saying. Like we were brought up that way, you know. And yeah, sure, we did some stupid things when we were young, but just the way my father brought me up and the way he taught me to parents, I could have said, Oh, you know hang out there and don't worry about you know you're with the guys you have a big group my father would never allow me to do that i didn't allow my daughter and she 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 bought into what that was all about and as a, and as a result she did the right thing she made a call and we picked her up and took her home
0: i that's a great story and and i have you know similar type of stories like that too where my um you know son i i think you have to have the fear of god um, in them a little bit, where they feel like they're going to disappoint you, number one, but also they can get into some consequences, right? So my my son would say, "Well, I won't do that because I, I don't want to. I don't want to hear my father." You know, you know what I'm saying? He he knows that he you know would do it wrong. And both kids, you know, we trusted them like you did, George. Right? We trusted both kids. They do what they need to do. We we you know told them what's right and what's wrong, and they seem to follow that path. And I, I again, I I don't know how. People don't look at that like the, the right and wrong. I mean, George, you're, you, you know, you probably have the same thing, you know, your kids, Mario, I, I would imagine, you know, younger kids, it's a little, little difficult these days, but you you, you tell them what's right and wrong. And, and you hope that they, yeah. they, they, oblige.
2: I think that you also um, have to give uh, people including kids included a lot more credit than you think that they're capable. A lot of times I think you'll be, you get surprised at uh, a lot of times their goodness, uh, uh, and it's not always, you know, we we always criticize how things are today. But in the end, you know, they're they're look at your own kids, and you know, it's not so bad. You know what the right? I mean, they, are they I'm sure there have been plenty of experience where you can say you think you're all worried about something, and you just let them do their thing, and they'll surprise you with how uh, the, the how good they do at something, or or how they handle a situation. And sometimes they teach you a le- lesson. So it's not so bad. You have to, I think, have certain guard, some guardrails on the road, but let them drive, right? Well, I also
3: think yeah. that I also think that it's a reflection of the parents. I think um, we all, in, a, in an ironic sort of way, coming from the you know the, the point of this conversation was how we grew up. I think we all picked that up somehow, some way. Maybe a little differently, and all our parents had somewhat different styles, and uh, but we all picked up. The strong parenting uh, ingredients, if you will, and I think that's reflective of the story George Santangelo just told about his daughter Maria. That's, I think, that's indicative of, of of the parenting that she that she had, and I I really believe that that's the, the you know that's at the gist of what we were just talking about. That's how we grew up, and I think I see now Mario with young children, and he's a young father, but he like he just like almost effortlessly he reminds me a lot of his father who was strict but he was the hell of a father and it was always there for him so <clears throat> excuse me uh, but I think that that's what I think that's one of the ingredients of today when we talk about society being different I think that kids are left to their own devices a lot and between technology and You know, and other influences, I think not having that strong influence of parents in the home, I think that has uh, that that has led to a lot of the the, the issues that we see in our society today.
0: True. And the sheltering as well. The sheltering of your kids, you got to let them go out. I mean, perfect example. I'm looking at the cover of People magazine. I I don't know why I have a magazine, but I have a magazine. (laughs) Um, But People magazine has the cover of Lori Loughlin. And Lori Lachlan, uh, who we know as Becky from Full House, right? Um, she's going to jail. And why is she going to jail? Because she tried to bribe people to get her kids, who, again, I always say that they're only as special as you make them, um, but trying to get them to go to college just because they have the last name. Of your famous celebrity is not a good idea. Let them, you know, do their own thing. If they don't want to go to college, it's okay, right? I think it's I think everybody puts too much. Yeah, exactly. Everybody puts too much pressure on their kids to maybe go to college or do this, do that. But you know what? You could work on an oil rig for a year, making a hundred grand. People don't understand that. Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> but to 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 go back to that point, the helicopter parenting is not helping society. And we were raised differently, and I don't understand as as a fifty-something uh, person who's halfway to dead. I always like to say, um, I don't understand how people in our generation parenting like that. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know where they got it from, and it it doesn't doesn't help the kids. So that's that's kind of all I had, Mario. Uh, why don't you tell us a good good story from the old days? I know you got a bunch of them.
2: Uh, let's see. Let me think about it <laughs> the the pressure. I, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I think, uh, and not, not to turn things to the, um, to a, um, a more somber side, but I think a lot, you know, with considering the, uh, the, the tragedies that we've all been through and, um, how, how also that's, that's bonded us. I remember, oh, we, even when, when my, um, when my father died suddenly in the summer of, um, 85, how were how, uh, everybody kind of came together in ways that I, uh, that were unexpected. I remember even, even being in the hospital hallway with, with George and seeing how upset that, that, that he was. And it was almost that he was more upset. I've looked at him as I, I kind of just felt bad. I was like, I oh, was like, he was upset, more upset than I was. And then I, but you, you felt that, uh, the, the, that, that connection that you, you you have that's inexplicable. And the same goes with um, uh, looking at um, uh, every day. I remember how kind of cool that was when we were playing football on the street and five o'clock came and George's mom would, would uh, you know, signal <laughs> you know, it's time to, uh, to go to come and pick up bread and his disappointment and how, but then you know, like we would try to squeeze in one more play <laughs> <laughs> And then, but then he would do it. He would, he would, um, he would actually do it. There was never a question. It wasn't like you know, let's let's make it in here and just like go to the next, like go play someplace else. He would do his duty, and I always thought that was so cool that the regiment and the the, the sense of duty that that uh, became so important. And I remember even for yourself. And you know, I, one thing that uh, I'm kind of offended by, honestly, that you're doing that, Len. Is that you're wearing a Cub shirt? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing
0: an Ernie Banks Cub shirt, and I apologize for that. Uh, for people that are not seeing this podcast, um, I did put it on. I am a Yankee fan, and I will always be a Yankee fan. So sorry about that. Yeah,
2: that's right. But it kind of, it kind of, you know, dragged down the whole point of loyalty. And yeah, I know, I, I, I screwed up. I really did. You know, I, I
0: you know, th- this, this would burn my bush too. And I, I, I totally think you're 100 accurate. You know, this, we, we, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mary. Go ahead. You know, I
2: just wanted to mention that, uh, um all with a, a lot of, um the, the, there have been a lot of incidences in the in the past that we all regret, but the bond is, 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 is still stronger than ever. And because of the the things that you've done, it's helped keep it together. And I think that's, that says a lot for for you and for, for us as a group. Um, And that, again, that's the the difference is that there's um, uh, an inseparable bond. No, and that, that no, no matter what, never has never broken.
0: No. And I would say one other show that reminded me of us, growing up and tell me if you guys think this as well but if you ever see the show entourage yeah.
1: I have not uh
0: I mean entourage is like that that show with people growing up and you know and then they wind up where one becomes famous and they all hang out still and it's kind of you know I always related to that show cuz I'm like I had we had that Um, It wasn't uh, to the degree where, you know, one of us went off and been famous. Although, to be honest, Mario, you've done a pretty good job with your life uh, with a doctor. But but your brother, Maurizio, is, uh, you know, he's always on TV talking about uh, stuff. He was uh, he was on the major networks uh, talking about the covid stuff. So, you know, you guys have made it. Let's put it that way. (laughs)
2: Appreciate that. Yeah. That was actually me on TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your, your brother didn't. <laughs> it wasn't
0: your brother. Exactly. Uh, i tell you. Well, you know, one thing that this, this you know, you talk about that. I look forward to these conversations. We don't have them as much as we probably should. And, and during this whole COVID thing, uh, I, I would only imagine how we would have handled the COVID back in 1979 or 80. We still would have played. Um, We still would have done (laughs) stuff outside. I I really believe it. I mean, our
2: parents would have let us. Yeah. Well, they would have.
0: (laughs) And I I think it would have been like people standing in line at the Home Depot or the Lowe's. I mean, I always look at it. They, they shame people. I don't know if you saw last week, but the Ozarks had the, uh, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, They had the pictures of all those people at the Ozarks. And then I sent a picture to someone of the line at the Lowe's. There was 75 people. I said, if I'm going to go, I'd rather be at the Ozarks than sitting in line <laughs> at, at, at Lowe's or Home Depot, to be honest with you. So, so I don't understand yeah. it. So I so true. Len. Absolutely. Well, I hope we can get back to uh, some normalcy soon. Obviously, you know, everybody stay safe and keep your family safe. But this has been a wonderful day for me. Um, I, I I really appreciate it. And, you know, not often you get to, to do this with your lifelong friends. And I, I love you guys. I love your families. And I really, uh, I mean that sincerely. sincerely. So that's uh that's good stuff.
3: Thanks for having us. I, I love, love it. Us,
0: and remember, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook, um, and you can listen. I'm 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 so famous now, Mary. You can listen on iTunes, the Podbean app. I mean, it's just going going gangbusters. We're in we're in 18 states in the District of Columbia. How great is that? So hey, Len, <laughs> and Lens, yeah. just
3: seeing you, just seeing you from here. Love the mic. Keep up the great work, because the love the podcast. Yeah. Listen every week.
0: Well, thank you. Hey, I appreciate it.
3: Len, Len thanks you for signing
2: off. You. I got one. Len, you just need a little day. jingle now. We, we maybe, maybe we can work on that. Uh, the four of us.
0: Yes, we, we need some like uh, you know the music I used to listen to when I delivered the papers, but uh, in the morning.
1: <laughs> hey, Len, I got one. Thank you, Thank you for having here. us, I want, I, do, I want you to do your your Marv Albert impersonation. All
0: right, well, for you, I will do this.
1: The Knicks out of the 7th Avenue again,
0: going from right to left of your radio <laughs> dial. Ewing from 16, yes! Okay, uh, is that all right for you? Still great. <laughs> awesome. Still great. Well, it's I tried a little great. bit in the beginning with Doc Brown, a little 1.21 gigawatts. How can I have been so careless? The only thing more powerful than that is a bolt of lightning, and one doesn't know when that's going to strike until now. <laughs> So we'll we'll leave it on that. Thanks to everybody for listening. Guys, hang on a little bit on the Zoom. We'll stay on that. But uh, we uh, will have another episode next week. Uh, Remember again to like us on uh, Facebook and keep listening. Uh, Thanks so much. You guys stay safe and have have a terrific weekend and enjoy.
3: You too.